Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season two finale of the Unintelligent Chat Show. And hello, Robert. Wow, that was far too efficient an introduction to exactly what we're doing. We're cutting the bullshit out. Yeah, <laughs> are we though? The podcast is going to be four minutes long. <laughs> I get it because it's all bullshit. Uh, yes, hello, all of our dedicated listeners, uh, and also just to get you back. Rob's got the Rona. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, uh, Lloyd Rob confidentiality, blah, blah, blah. Rehash jokes. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Today is our season finale and it is our it is. video special. If yeah, you're listening the that, to the audio, pop the on that, the YouTube. The one that you have to do and I am not involved in. I love it. That is correct. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, go check it out on YouTube. What, what, in, in, what is the special? Christmas was an obvious one because it came out in February, so you kind of yeah, that. I was going to say, was it an obvious <laughs> one? But yeah, fair enough. Uh, hugely obvious. Uh, no, I think probably more obvious and more accurate than the previous one. We put in, you know, minutes of thought into this one. Whole mm, minutes. A couple. Yeah. Uh, today, we are celebrating Norwegian Constitution Day, the well-known national holiday of Norway that occurs on... May the 17th. 17th. <laughs> hey. And this podcast is coming out within a day or two of that, which is pretty good. I don't remember when it, when this It'll is coming be out, out, but pretty close. Straight after, the day after. Nice. All the hungover Norwegians can listen in. Yes. Yeah, so look, it's a it's a great time in Norway and a great time to be Norwegian and uh, we are here to celebrate I say all things Norway. We're here to celebrate two very specific Norwegian things and talk shit about them. So specific. <laughs> Normal uh, bullshit. Get really far away. That's why. <laughs> uh, all right. We are incredibly far apart. Uh, tell me more yes. about it. Uh, I have an exact specific measurement. I was going to say random. It's not random. It's very relevant, but it's also <laughs> very specific. And it would be random if you just came up with it, but I we you prepared this. In advance. We are 9,944,149 Harold the Fifths away. <laughs> at his peak height or at death height? <laughs> current height. <laughs> he's still alive. Oh, he's the king. It's King Harold. He's the current. It's king of Norway. I just, assu- I just assume- Harold the, the Five. I just assumed it was a Viking. <laughs> I thought that he would have a... I spent a good couple of minutes trying to find out what his name is. And it's just Harold the Fifth. He doesn't have a cool long name. It's just Harold. Oh. When he was younger, he was Prince Harold. I mean, it's like a pretty cool name, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's not the strongest segue in that it's just vaguely... No- it's, it is Norwegian, but it's, it's nothing to do with what you're talking about. What What are you learning us, Rob? Lloyd, do you love Rob. movies? Love them. Big fan. B- huge fan. Do you love long movies? It depends on the movie. Oh. Sometimes I'm excited. What about long rom-coms? Ugh. (laughs) Rom-com is like designed to be like an hour ten. Yeah, it should be rom-com rump. Rump-comp. Nope. Uh, Do you love TV shows with endless episodes that can be binged all together as if it were a long movie, but they are separate? Well, have I got news for you, Lloyd? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Gee whiz. Thanks, mister. Uh... (laughs) Our country of interest today, being Norway, has helped popularize a television format referred to as Sokte TV, which is my worst Norwegian accent. Sokte TV. Yeah, which in English is slow TV, mm. which does sound like an exciting topic for a podcast. <laughs> now, is it slow as in it just the st- it progresses It's slowly. all in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's the same. It's just a Ryan Reynolds rom-com. It's just in slow motion. It goes for seven hours. <laughs> oh, I would hate that. Suck to TV is basically the full play-by-play marathon coverage of what is typically a mundane event broadcast in its entirety. Hmm. Which is potentially not quite as exciting as a long movie or a running hit TV show, but I'm like I'm a I'm a long form guy. 
I love a good long movie. I love a, ser- a good series with lots of episodes. Some of my favorite songs are 10 minute bangers. It's just, it's just what I'm into. I like sitting down and absorbing, not having to, to move on. <laughs> I don't like change, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, wow, that's deep. You want to delve into that a bit or should we move on? Move on. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous, Lloyd. Delve into something. (laughs) (laughs) So despite the mundane event aspect of slow TV, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm into it. Like I would would watch this. So for example. What's some, some, okay, yeah. (laughs) Is that that where we're going? Still don't understand what this is. It started becoming a thing in around 2009 when the Norwegian Public Service Broadcaster, NRK, which probably stands for the Norwegian... uh, Oh, I'm struggling here. Help me out. Norwegian really... Regional. Oh, that's good. (laughs) No, no, yours is better. Cool. Norway really cool. (laughs) They probably spell cool with a K. It, It works. Yeah. So this was started by Norway Really Cool. <laughs> really cool. Uh, <laughs> they got stuck in. And they just they just started doing it and got like really good viewership. And so they kept doing it. It's not like every week. They'll do like one or two slow TV events a year to keep you wanting mm-hmm. more, you know. So the first one that was popular broadcast in 2009 was... I'm just going to pronounce a bunch of Norwegian things. Bergens Barnen, Minute for Minute. Terrible. <laughs> Bergensbahn. I liked it. Minute for minute. Be- uh, Bergensbahn. <laughs> we're just going to get on the Bergensbahn and watch every minute of it. Uh, <laughs> so this is an entire seven-hour train journey from Bergen to Oslo on the Bergensbahn, which is the Bergens train line. And they have four cameras showing the interior and exterior of the train, as well as some staff and passenger interviews. And it's a seven-hour show of, of, of that train trip. I think I could get a, I think I can get on board with that. Uh, no, the, the train's already left. You can't. <laughs> eh. <laughs> just one half chuckle worth. <laughs> uh, and I just immediately got frustrated. Twenty <laughs> percent of the population of Norway tuned in at some point during the show to watch some of this train. That's insane. Take a guess. How many people in Norway? Four million. It's pretty solid. Uh, five and a half. Hmm. So they're like yeah, a te- teeny, teeny tiny little country. So I, I think I may have consumed some slow TV prior to understanding that it was a genre. Oh, because <laughs> there are... Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> there are some things on uh, Netflix like Fireplace and Oscillating Fans. Hugely into the Fireplace one. Oscillating Fan can get fucked. Yeah, we've had the Fireplace one going before. It's nice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a little different to slow TV, but no, I no, it's, it's definitely thing. inspired by it. Okay, uh, yeah, like Netflix has got a few things like that that has come from mm-hmm. the slow TV genre. Uh, but those are, I'm actually not sure. I think some of those are loops. Yeah, like it'll be you know half an hour or one hour of a crackling fire on a loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, you have consumed some of this. I'm going to give you some of the highlights uh, of, uh, of 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 slow TV over the years. If uh, if you're ready to fall asleep, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me prep. Make sure my adrenaline doesn't spike too much. I don't want to crash later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to be ready for this. All right. So oh, lost my notes. The highlights of slow TV. Uh, so we had Bergen's Bannon that just kicked it all off. Everyone was really into it. In 2011, NRK broadcast Hurti Gruten. Hurti Gruten. Uh, minute for minute. <laughs> it's a funny language. I'm sorry, Norway. <laughs> it is. You have a funny language. Yeah, don't be sorry. It's on them. This, <laughs> this was this, this ups the game. 134 hour voyage aboard the MS. Man, this is a hard episode. The Nord Norge. The Nord Norge. So uh, the word for Norway in Norwegian is N O R G E, like Noria or something. Oh, yeah, I think and, I remember seeing that. And this boat is called the Nord Norja, which to me is the North Norway, which sounds stupid. Yeah, sounds better in Norwegian. Yeah, the Nord Norge. I don't understand. <laughs> Just excellent Norwegian. So, again, for some reason, Bergen was involved. It was a boat trip from Bergen to Schirkenens, Kirkens, but I'm pretty sure they pronounce K's as a sh. So, we're going to go with Schirkenens. And it was recorded by 11 cameras. And at this wow. point, half of Norway's population tuned in at some point during the trip. And 
At the time, they also achieved a Guinness World Record for the longest live TV documentary. Oddly enough, at 134 hours, no one's done that before. How strange. (laughs) Do you think that these... You said they do them like once or twice a year, and it seems Mm. like it's kind of a Norwegian thing now. Mm. Do you think that when they are aired, it's like when they air the grand final in Australia? It's just like families just put it on, get get together, and eat and watch it. Yeah, maybe. What's the country that watches... Sweden w- randomly watches like Bugs Bunny every Christmas or something. What's oh, that? Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, yeah. but you're right. The the Guinness World Record set by Hertie Gretten was then <laughs> smashed in 2013 by Summerapent, Su- Summerapent, minute for minute, which was a similar coastal cruise with an entertainment show that went from Oslo to oh. Schirkenkirken and back. <laughs> So this has broken the 134-hour voyage. How long do you think the broadcast was, Lloyd? 272 hours. Just 100 hours. 379 blistering hours of intense TV. You said, well, you said that was an entertainment show. I haven't watched it, to be honest. I didn't do that much research. So you might get like 200 hours in, and then there's just like a five-minute comedy (laughs) set. Random variety show. 100 hours. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like people got really into it. Like uh, the towns where the boat was stopping would like put on a big show to be on the cameras and stuff. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. I could I could get involved. Yeah, with that. that's and people fine. Were like, oh, it's coming to our town. Woo. Yeah, but like that's that, that's some seriously slow TV. Three hundred and seventy nine yeah. hours. Yeah, that's how many coming, days is that? Is that like I think fifteen it's days, at least a year. <laughs> Not sure. That's right. I do what I want on Sunday morning and I'm drinking friendship beer. So sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> in 2013, they broadcast the, the Nasnjornal Vedkveld, which we all know is... Yeah, well, I, I know it, but I don't <laughs> okay, think the good. listeners do. Uh, it translates to National Wood Night, and it was a 12-hour broadcast on the topic of firewood. <laughs> On the topic of, meaning like discussions about firewood. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's it was seriously side-splitting stuff. Log-splitting log stuff? See, yeah, see there was something there. I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, but you didn't yeah. even chuckle. That's fine. It consisted of uh, a four-hour documentary on the topic of firewood, followed by eight hours of a live fireplace. And that wasn't a loop. It was a live fireplace and people were feeding it with wood. Four hours is a lot for firewood. Right. And apparently, it's based on an even more thrilling, best-selling book <laughs> called, this is a great title, Solid Wood, colon, all about chopping, drying, and stacking wood, hyphen, and the soul of wood burning by Lars Mitting. Mm. That's a pretty strong title. bit yeah. wordy, but pretty strong. I imagine it's I probably- I think you probably could have cut the title down to The Soul of Wood Burning. Yeah, That's it's a good, good book title. But I like all about chopping, drying, and stacking. That that really draws me in. Mm. There must be a lot in that. It, I mean, the Planet Earth documentary narrated by the Attenborough fella. I don't da- think that's David. four hours. And that's on the Earth. The whole Earth. Yeah, but Lloyd, yeah. have you ever tried to stack wood appropriately? I've only tried to chop wood once, and it was when we were at a cabin in Vermont, <laughs> yeah. and we made a fucking hash of it. Yeah, and but imagine if we'd watched a four-hour documentary on it before, we'd been amazing. No, that, you, look, you're not wrong. <laughs> Next time we go to a cabin in Vermont, link me the four-hour video. Oh, yeah, I wonder if you can stream them. I didn't even look. I wasn't going to watch it. I reckon it would be all right. I would, I would potentially read that book. I believe I agree with the, the soul of wood burning. I reckon there's a thing. It's like it's hmm. so comforting having a crackling wood fire. Yeah, it's like ingrained in human survival, right? Mm. Fire and... Whether you need to put a huge amount of effort into chopping and stacking your wood, that I would have to watch the, the show and let you know. Because yeah, surely that's like, do. chop, throw it in a pile. This is for the fun burning part. But no, apparently there yeah. are different ways of stacking wood and, and people are like, oh, you do it back down. Idiot. Uh, so we need to watch that at some point, obviously, because we are uneducated. In 2014, they broadcast something called Peep Show. Guess what it was Ooh. about, Lloyd? Strippers. You filthy animal. How could you even suggest that? This is I'm, highbrow I'm national broadcast shows. Children watch this, Lloyd. Sorry. 
I forgot that this was Norway. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're an upstanding company. Yeah. Peep Show was, in fact, a three-month live stream. <laughs> I love this. Of some cameras that were just recording a bird feeder. And the bird feeder was decorated like a coffee shop. <laughs> Which is incredibly adorable. And they just oh, watched... Yeah. Different, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Different birds and wildlife just coming to check out the, the coffee shop bird feeder. And it streamed for three months. And also had a highlights reel show that was aired separately. And the highlights reel show went for 14 hours. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of highlights. Yeah. I could see tuning into that like once a day. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, what, what's the coffee shop up to? That's probably my favorite one. I would definitely check that, I think. How's your beer, by the way? I just finished it. It was good. Yeah. yeah adequate. I'm going to get a Guinness in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that is enough Norway. Uh, no, I'm going to get a Norwegian stout called a Kernelhudel. <laughs> Kernelhudel-do. And there are a few more long long TV shows, but I'm not going to describe all of them. Y'all can look it up. It's a funny format, and I'm glad it happened. Thanks, Norway. My favorite non-Norwegian slow TV that I found <laughs> was... There's a fa- there's a, a guy somewhere, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in the States, that has been live streaming his front lawn since 2005. And you can go and watch his lawn live at watchinggrassgrow.com. Wow. And it's real. It's a real thing. And you see him mow it occasionally. It's got a bunch of facts about grass on the web page. And it's like a, it's like a boomer made web page. It's like, <laughs> you can Old tell. Old HTML. Yeah, pretty much. And it's yeah. like, hey, here's here's a webcam of my lawn. And there's like a newsreel, like in 2018, got high definition cameras. Woo. <laughs> Does he live in like an area that might get deer or anything? Something nah, to spice it, look, it up? Or is- it looks like suburban America. Like, Wow. Yeah. I, oh, when I was watching, looking at this website, some lady was walking her dog and it, it peed on, on someone else's lawn across the road. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> I can imagine that guy just being like such a dad and his kids make fun of him. And he's like, he walks in one day and he's like, hey, guess what? A million people are watching my, my grass grow. Thankfully not. It has one of those things, like those old things like, oh, you're, there are this many people watching. Uh, and I think when I was looking at it, it was like 18. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, like, that's a reasonable. And it's still pretty high. Yeah. Continuous viewership was probably yeah. sits around the 20 mark. It's quite good. Yeah. All right. Time flies, Lloyd. What did you learn related to slow TV? You mentioned trains. <laughs> I like Because they did a, a train. So I looked up the world's fastest train because I wanted to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right, the opposite. Uh, it is the SC Maglev. Ah, oh, Maglev and is it such runs a cool on, word that only belongs in science fiction books. Well, it's literally a magnetic track this train runs on in Japan. It's really cool. How fast is it? I, it's two numbers. I'll give you the top number I saw. It was multiple sources. It was 375 oh. miles an hour. Miles? Yep. Are you sure? To put that in perspective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's quick. The current fastest production car in the world is like a Terterra. I didn't recognize the name. Uh, Max is out at about 316 miles an hour. That's wild. So pretty speedy. Yeah, that is a quick train. Do you reckon it feels fast or it's one of those ones where you feel like you're not moving, but in fact, you're going that many miles an hour? Yeah, I bet it feels like nothing. I've been on a bullet train in Japan and you don't even really feel the acceleration. Really? It's, it's pretty smooth and comfortable the whole time. Oh, I would like it. I would want it to be like a theme park ride. Again, with the, the being opposite to you that I went with before, that was a really good sentence. Uh, I wanted to see what the fastest TV show was. Fastest. The fastest TV the, show. Oh, it'd be yeah, one of those stupid like thirty second go to bed children uh, shows. That's that's what I thought, but it was more more uh, funny than that. Uh, okay. It was called. Uh, it's in the sixties. It's called Turn On. Oh, it had one episode, <laughs> and was cancelled during the first episode. Wow, what was it? It went to an ad break and never came back. <laughs> For the rest of the show, they played like the black screen with some really? music. Damn, yeah. Turn On got turned off. Oh, shit. You told them. Yeah. A sketch variety show that got immediately cancelled. Wow. Yeah. They made it to the first ad break and then everyone was like, oh, this, fuck it, I'm done. That must be, would have been so bad. I want to watch it. I wonder if, can you watch it on YouTube? 
I didn't even think to look it up, but that's partly because I did my research like an hour ago. Shh. We are very prepared. That was, that was, that's what I got for you. There's like not a lot to talk about on slow TV, is there? I thought it was a cool thing no. and then there were no cool things related, uh, but that's fine. We, we make it up with our wonderfully charming That's why I went to fast trains. <laughs> <laughs> What's faster than this? The other things I looked at was, I was like, well, I wonder if there are any other funky TV shows well, TV show formats or genres, and then also just weird shows. There are plenty mm. of really terrible TV shows. As just, you, could, you mean in terms of like not entertaining, that is bad. Yeah, and just terrible ideas. And I'm not even going to go into those. Mm. I found some weird show formats though, and I'm just gonna I'm okay. just gonna give them to you. I'm just gonna give them right to you. Lay them down. So I think this first one is probably my favorite one. This is, or there was at least a show in Fiji called mm. Resurrection Makeover, which is already not a good start. You say Resurrection? Oh, yeah. Resurrection okay. Makeover. So, it's a reality I have an inkling show. of where this is going. So, they use high-tech makeover techniques to take a random person and make them look like a deceased family member so that the family can then talk to that person again. That's somehow creepier than what I thought it would be. How fucking weird is that? I hate that. So much. And the one episode, it was like, I didn't watch any. I just read this description. And it was like, in this episode, they dressed up, I don't know, someone's grandma. Uh, and the person who, I guess it's an actor who gets this makeover, would like sing some song that grandma used to sing to the family. I, would, I wouldn't want that. It would be so no. weird. No, I wouldn't want that at all. What did you think it was going to be when I said resurrection makeover? I thought they were going to make over dead bodies. <laughs> I mean, Straight up. I thought makes, they were going to put makeup on dead people. I'm like, oh, look, it's grandma. Her, her arm fell off because she's decaying, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's, I think it's almost worse because yeah, you're like- it's, it's creepier for sure. So there is some weird TV out there. Uh, there was a show in the UK called Dogs Might Fly, which they went to a bunch of pounds and picked up some rejected doggies that looked like they had smart potential put them through a bunch of skill tests on TV, and then the ones that performed the best, they taught to fly a plane. <laughs> was, that a, was that a need that they were like <laughs> short on dog pilots? <laughs> Probably. The RAF's like, man, how are we going to fight the Germans? <laughs> In a dog fight. <laughs> hey, great job. I will give you that. Thoroughly enjoyed. Like that was kind of interesting, but also hugely unnecessary. I would watch that just if they if they change it from like, pilot dogs to like seeing eye dogs and therapy dogs and police dogs and sniffer dogs like get rescues and then and skill test them and then the dogs that don't pass you get to see them get adopted put by down a small oh adopted a yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> oh no yeah adopted a couple of other silly tv shows there was a japanese show in the 70s that was adapted for english tv uh called monkey and okay. I've in, there's I've a lot of ways this could go. Yep, I've included it based on. I didn't watch any of it, based on the plot summary on this website that I was reading. So this is a direct quote: <laughs> An immortal human monkey hybrid with magic powers, who is born from an egg on a mountaintop, joins a Buddhist monk who's actually a woman on a pilgrimage to India. They're accompanied by a water monster called Sandy and a pig monster called Pigsy, and travel around either on a biddable cloud. Or a shape-changing dragon who also serves as the group's horse, which can also talk. End of show description. There is so much to one pack. Too, too much. And we're not going to because I read that and was like, oh, that's enough. I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound any more far-fetched than some of the fantasy books I read. It's just got a lot of dumb stuff in it. Yeah, they, yeah. they introduce everything in, in the blurb. That's true. That, that would be difficult. If it was done. Maybe that's how the first episode goes. <laughs> Here I am. Here's this other person. Here's the animals. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and we're up. <laughs> and then it's just bland. Just travel. It's a travel show. Yeah. There's Monty Python and the Flying Circus made the list because that show is chaos. It's, yes. It's a lot, but it's very good. Uh, and, and look, that's, that's probably, that's Norwegian slow TV, etc. Love it. All right, Lloyd. We don't have any new segments today, do we? No, we don't. Lloyd, what did you learn this week? I learnt that the colonel-in-chief of the Norwegian Kingsguard uh -huh. is a penguin. 
Of <laughs> I mean, of course. What else would you expect? Why, why wouldn't it be? His name is Nils, and he is Scottish. Yeah, which is all very silly. Yeah, didn't make a lot of sense to me. All right, so... Fill me in on the backstory. So the Norwegian Kingsguard travels to Edinburgh to participate in their famous Edinburgh military tattoo, which, which is basic... Gone? <laughs> no, no, you were probably about to say what I was going to say. I was just going to say is just like military bands performing. Yeah. It's not just a bunch of people from various armies getting the same tattoo. Which would be really cool. I don't know why you would go and see it. Yeah, that. pretty weird. Yeah, I don't. People. It's just... from the. It's from an old Danish word. Um, I forget the exact word, but it's their word for like drumming, and it's literally like, da do or something. Da do. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. like drumming sounds. The Norwegian Kingsguard. Well, they participate in the the tattoo. Makes sense. Uh, and they had a lieutenant called Nils. Ah, uh, oh, yep, makes sense. <laughs> Nils Egg Egg. Egelian, Egelian, <laughs> Egelian. That's definitely it. Who visited the zoo and became enamored with their colony of penguins? Yeah, and this is in like the sixties, right? This was sixty-one, I believe. And they came back about ten years later for another military tattoo, and he had made arrangements for his regiment to adopt a penguin. And I was like, okay, that's you can't just take a zoo animal yeah, you can't they have specific environments <laughs> <laughs> but it was a ceremonial adoption nils the penguin still lives at edinburgh zoo yeah one of those ones where you can like adopt a wildlife animal basically just give us money yeah so he adopted i put i put nils the penguin remains safe and happy with his penguin family so he was ceremonially 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 given, <laughs> given the rank of lance corporal uh, could you do it in norwegian please Visk Corporal. Uh, and he was promoted each time that the regiment came back to the zoo. Unbelievable success rate. Yeah, he's nailing Every time he meets someone, like, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Except in it's, Norwegian, uh, please. It's the, it's the same general that worked for Colonel Sanders works for the Norwegian <laughs> Army. <laughs> uh, I was um, really hoping for, like, General Nils. You're doing a great job. <laughs> you're killing it, dude. <laughs> Very good. Uh, oh, now, emperor penguins live 15 years in the wild, and they stretch it out a little bit in captivity. Was this an emperor penguin or a king penguin? Ki king king penguin, which is what, that's what I said. Yeah. Nope. I said king. Did okay. you hear emperor? Nope. I was all, that's, that's weird. Yeah, super weird. Uh, they live 15 years in the wild, a little bit longer in captivity, but don't live 50 years, because there is currently a Nils penguin. Um, so he is... I don't want to say replaced, but a new <laughs> penguin takes his place. No, it's like Doctor Who. Doctor Who, he regenerates. He regenerates. We're currently on the third penguin regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he also funny fact. He has since been promoted beyond that original lieutenant. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, who adopted him? And I put in my notes. Uh, couldn't find any sources on how he feels about it. Uh, I think he's retired and probably doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. They also the the Norwegians built two bronze casted penguins. One is in Edinburgh Zoo and one is at the Kingsguard compound, which I think is adorable. That's like a lot of effort for a mascot penguin. Oh, and I guess he's not yeah. a mascot. He's, what is he, commander-in-chief or some shit? Colonel yeah, he's in the uh, colonel-in-chief of the Norwegian Kingsguard. He's also knighted by the Norwegian monarch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, who described him as qualified in every way to receive <laughs> the honor and dignity of a knighthood. Oh, wow. They just give those away now. I also have a quote from a representative of the Royal Zoological Society. Of Edinburgh who said, or of Norway? Of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. Who said that Niels the penguin is a calm and regal bird with an aura that suggests he knows how important he is. <laughs> there are some really great photos of one of his promotion ceremonies where all the king's guard, or some representatives of the king's guard are like lined up in military dress on parade. And they've just got this perfect moment where this little king penguin's like looking up at them and it looks like he's inspect <laughs> inspecting the guard. It's so I good. saw that photo. It's so good. Because it's, it is quite a... He had a little um, strap on his arm as well. Like he's got oh, a little rank. Yeah, him. but yeah. It, it looks like he's pr he's walking up and down in front of them, like checking out. It's a very well-taken photo. Yeah, yeah. Because awesome. he is definitely not inspecting them. He's a penguin. 
he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> every every so every few years, these Norwegians <laughs> show up and he gets paraded around and he's like, <laughs> "Why does this keep happening? happening?" Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, do you have his final rank or current rank? I guess. I believe I thought Colonel in Chief was his current rank. So he's Sir Colonel in Chief. Yeah, he's a Sir because he's knighted. He's Colonel in Chief, which is like his position in the King's Guard. Which is like in a his regiment, set, yeah. yeah, ceremonial position. But his military rank is brigadier. Oh, nice! He's brigadier Sir Nils Olav the Third. It's badass. It's a great title Penguins. for a penguin. Yeah, it's really good. He's probably the best, the highest ranking penguin on the planet. Wow! Can you imagine? He is king of the king penguins. Well, brigadier of the king penguins, I guess. Yeah, he has military authority over all penguin penguin all, dominion. All people, probably. Yeah, I would listen to him. I wonder if he's ever seen active combat. If he's got like a kill <laughs> I doubt it. I was super excited to. Uh, well, I have an offshoot. If you have more specifically about Niels, the uh, what else did I penguin. learn about about Niels? Uh, there was only it was just the way that it was written in what I was reading. It was like in two thousand eight, he was ninety. He was ninety. <laughs> he was knighted. Knighted. <laughs> And it was written that this was the first penguin to receive such an honor in the Norwegian army. Like, that was a thing that you had to write down? Like, are there other penguins elsewhere that have been knighted? And it's the first one in the Norwegian army? Yeah, it's not a common thing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that great Wikipedia article of, uh, it may have even been a Norwegian explorer. And there's like a black and white photo and it says like, Mads Kilsen next to a penguin. And then next to penguin it puts, right. So you know which one is the penguin. <laughs> Perfect. What else you got? So I was excited to learn about Niels the Penguin because, as you know, I recently took a trip to Wales. I learned about William Windsor. Have you heard about William Windsor? Of course not. I learned about penguins, not Williams. It's fucking hilarious. Right, William Windsor is a goat. Who <laughs> has oh, I did actually. Yeah. Similar military rankings. Uh, he was in the Welsh Infantry. Yep. Uh, and... He, again, received many promotions throughout his time, but unlike the, as you saw in the pictures, the regal, ceremonious Niels the Penguin, yep. uh, Billy, I'll call him, has been demoted <laughs> for, quote, inappropriate behavior during the Queen's birthday ceremony. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he was in Cyprus. It was his first overseas <clears throat> posting, Billy the oh, Goat. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress involved with that. It's a totally different environment. Totally different. Despite being ordered to keep in line, he refused oh. to obey. Oh. He failed to keep in step. And <laughs> I can even read it. Uh, and he tried to headbutt a drummer. <laughs> drummer was probably making too much noise. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, with, I'm with Billy on this one. Uh, yeah, so he was charged with unacceptable behavior, a lack of decorum, and disobeying a direct order. He had to appear before his commanding officer, and oh, following a disciplinary hearing, was demoted to Fusilier. Before his demotion, Fusiliers had to stand at attention when he walked past. Do you reckon that, like, how seriously do they take this? I think it's, it's like, being in the army is pretty hard. Right, yeah. even even not in combat, it's hard work. And I think if you can have a laugh with it, I reckon that's what they're doing. But like, I reckon the demotion, appearing in front of his commanding officer and being demoted, I reckon that would have been serious faces, serious face on. No one was giggling. Yeah, that's the army, the Welsh peoples. He was re-promoted, oh, re really? remoted. Re yeah. Um, Captain Simon Clark said that Billy performed exceptionally well during uh, an Alma Day parade where they celebrate Welsh victory in the Crimean War. Nice. He has had all summer to reflect on his behavior <laughs> and clearly earned the rank that he deserves. Yeah, okay. So it, if, if you're an animal, it seems like it's much easier to get promoted than oh, if you're. Yeah. Oh, you paraded well. Everyone's a general now. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the judge? Doesn't matter. We all paraded good. I, I'd love to see the war rooms in World War Two, where <laughs> yeah, just, just like pans everyone. around, like Churchill and his <laughs> and his men, and then just like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, did you read about Master Sergeant Big Deuce the Sixth? 
<laughs> I did not read about Big Deuce the Sick. Oh, so good. And the name is incredible. So this is, uh, I think it's a, a US unit, the 2-2 FA Battalion, nicknamed Mule Soldiers out of Fort Sill, somewhere in America probably. That was all. That was a, that was a long list of cool things you said. Yeah, uh, I made them up. <laughs> it's actually just a bunch of guys and a donkey. Uh, no, he's the official donkey mascot of the Mule Soldiers, Big Deuce the Sixth. Big Deuce. It's, like, it's a great name for a donkey. Yeah, and, and you have to assume he's the sixth uh, regeneration of the donkey mascot. Apparently, they've had donkey mascots since the 50s. And uh, wow. wonderfully enough, similar to Billy Windsor, he was promoted a bunch of times, but has also been demoted and like formally written up multiple times <laughs> for various things, including attempting to go a wall and assaulting a commissioned officer in charge of his command. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're famously stubborn animals. I can see them not exactly. taking to military life. Oh, so good. It'd be great. It'd be great to have like a mascot animal. Like surely the the commonest one would be a dog, but it'd be cool to have a donkey yeah. or a goat. Well, you you read all the stories of um, during wartime, they find abandoned or animals mm. that have been displaced by war, getting adopted by regiments. Like a Polish regiment adopted a bear in World War Two. A remember whole that? bear? No. They yeah, they found they adopted a bear. It was not like it wasn't like a grizzly. They <laughs> just like a seven hundred kilo grizzly just walking <laughs> with them. It was like, but it was a bear. Then he became like a member of their their group. It was adorable. Ex- but there's like kittens and dogs and all this stuff all yeah. the time. One of them was uh, Sergeant Stubby. I, re- I this is what this is what this is where I went was like other animals with ranks mm-hmm. in military history. Sergeant Stubby was a tiny little terrier adopted by the one hundred two, the hundred and second infantry regiment, uh, and was smuggled to, to France in World War One. And he could like sit back on his little haunches and do a little salute. Uh, and That's he, adorable. in fact, served by sniffing out poison gas attacks and also providing early warning of incoming artillery. And he was awarded a medal for heroism. Heroism? He- heroin? <laughs> it sounds too much like heroin? drugs. He was awarded a medal for drugs. <laughs> he was awarded a medal for heroism. Uh, he dealt to the whole army. <laughs> Sergeant Stubbs cocaine ring. Uh, he helped capture and imprison a German spy and got a medal for it. Wow. And there's a picture of him. He was a cute little, he had like a little jacket on and they'd like given him like sewn on like military badges and stuff. It was adorable. That's really adorable. Yeah, sir. I have more animals with ranks if you want them. Yeah, I've only got one more thing and it is not animal related. Actually, it's actually not that funny or interesting. It's more of just like, thought it was kind of cool. So yeah, let me cool. do mine and then we'll get back to fun animals. No, no, let me finish I animals. To... Let me finish animals. You do no, yours. And then, yours I got is, a more, yours then I got a couple more things that are the fun. Oh, okay. It'll right. still end well, on a fun. As long day. as we end on a fun, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, always. Want. We've got to end on a small fun. A small fun. Not a big fun. We've got to leave them wanting more. Yeah. Uh, King Neptune was a pig that was sold to the Navy for food uh, and was instead promoted to king, which is not really a rank. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine that. From dinner to king, he was used to promote and raise funds for the Navy. And he toured the country in a crown and a Navy blue blanket and raised $19 million. Holy shit. Through like fundraising drives with this pig. And when he died, instead of being eaten, he received a Navy funeral with full military honors, which is a very American thing to do. That's a lot of bacon. Yeah. Great job, piggy boy. Yeah, they probably used some of the money he raised to buy pork and bacon. What a paradox. Oh, yeah. I wonder how he felt about that. Probably. Probably just didn't think about it. Yeah, probably a pig still. (laughs) Uh, There was a military dog, Sergeant Major Fosco. Uh, who was the first military dog to complete an airborne jump with his handler. So, like, strapped to his handler. Imagine being a dog and jumping out of an airplane. No concept of what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Like, I assume he's done training. Just, like, so much trust in the handler. Um, But what I liked about this was that I read, all military dogs are given a rank higher than their handler as a reminder that the handler must always treat the animal with respect. That's good. Isn't that legit? So, like, his handler was a first sergeant or something, and so the dog Mm. was sergeant major. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so good. Uh, And then uh, probably the most heroic, Staff Sergeant Reckless, which is a great name for a horse. Strong name. 
So it was a, a pack horse for the Marines in the Korean War who carried supplies to a rifle platoon. And in one battle, she made 51 trips to the front line to supply ammo and return wounded men to safety without supervision. No handler. Mm. So she was just like doing a job, getting it done. Uh, and so this- you know they use um they use rats to find landmines in the Middle East now. Oh really? Because they have unbelievable um, senses of smell, but they're too Sniffy light boys. to to set up the landmines. So they're on leads. They have little uh, leashes, and the rats like run through the fields. <laughs> <that's> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it looks r- kind of creepy, but good for yeah. them. So this uh, staff sergeant reckless, hectic horse, doing a good job. Received battle promotion, battlefield promotion to sergeant, and was awarded two purple hearts. <laughs> And a good conduct medal, <laughs> and was retired Damn. with a promotion to staff sergeant to live out her days in some field in the good old US of A. Well done, reckless. Yeah, what a hero. All right, like I like seeing the list of like World War Two animal medals. There's a lot. I think it's like horses, dogs, cats, and pigeons just got like an unbelievable number of medals. Man, pigeon would be weighed down by a medal. <laughs> would be a very good carrier pigeon with the rendered, metal on rendered useless yeah uh carry on with your what have, what else you got i wanted to know a little bit about the king's guard and whether they are a ceremonial regiment or whether mm. they are a fighting force so the king's guard are a genuine fighting force and they have seen active combat and they are high high level soldiers what i thought was interesting is they're often they come to the king's guard first straight from basic training oh. so it's not like because i think the guards at buckingham palace like you do basic training you join a regiment you see combat and then you yeah it's become like a, a stupid tall hat wearing <laughs> lunatic yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> fair enough but they go to the they go from basic training to the king's guard and they do additional training and it's normal like close combat short weapons, hand-to-hand combat, but they also spent five weeks doing investigative training, which I thought was really oh, interesting. Like a yeah, like, like bit of police science. Yeah, like military police science, <laughs> which I thought that, that's all I thought. It was interesting. Yeah, that's quite good. Did you learn anything else about the King's Guard? Uh, nothing interesting. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, I just read that they, uh, they served with distinction in World War II where they prevented the Germans from capturing the Norwegian royal family and the cabinet at the Battle of yeah. Midskogen, which is pretty cool. So they were doing their job, and they also fought notably at some other battles in places I cannot pronounce. And they were known to the Germans that were fighting in Norway as Dishvatsen Tufel, which doesn't sound as intimidating when you say it in a camp German accent. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. That was very Hogan's Heroes of you. <laughs> uh, the translates to the Black Devils due to their ferocity oh. on the field and their dark uniforms. So I, I feel like some countries around the world uh, that are small, they have a reputation of their soldiers. The army isn't as big or well-funded, but I but feel like hectic. Scottish soldiers and Norwegian soldiers just like have a rep. Yeah. Definitely. Isn't that um the... The White Ghost wasn't that a Norwegian sniper? Do you oh, remember that uh, no, story? He was he was Finnish. Finnish. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like he was like iron sights. He was just like in the snow yeah. for days at a time, just shooting with like his old hunting rifle, and like clocked up one of the biggest kill counts as a sniper in World War. I think it was World War Two, where it, the, it was the, the Finns were like massively outmanned and outgunned, but they put up this incredibly heroic fight. I want to look up how many... It's kill count. Simo. Yeah, he um, also... So he... I, I can't find his kill count right now, but he was so deadly. The Russians sent, like, a platoon. He killed them all. They sent a um, a tank battalion. He killed all the men. And then they were like, fuck it. We'll just firebomb the forest. Because he was, like, in trees and shit, and they literally didn't know where he was. He was a woodsman. So they firebombed the forest, and he just survived. He woke <laughs> up... When he woke up in hospital, the war had ended... And the first thing he said was like, where's my gun? I want to like get back out into the woods. Yeah. And they were like, chill, like we won, it's over. Uh, and he spent the rest of his days, um, he ran a, a shooting school. Yeah. Sounds like a mild psychopath. 500 um, successful hits. They weren't all kills, but he shot 500 soldiers. That's like a lot for a single person. There's so many. <laughs> 
Eat shit, American Sniper. Yeah, but whatever. Chris something. Uh, from that movie with Brad. With Brad. <laughs> Coops, not yeah. Pitts. Yeah, Coopsy. Co- and then I just looked up some national animals. That was how I finished my research. Oh, all right. Anything cool? Nope. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, no, uh, there are a few interesting ones. Uh, Australia's national animals, as we all know, are those shown prominently on our passport. The kangaroo and the emu, famous because we eat both of them. Kangaroo is delicious. Yep. Sorry, I assume, I assume you, you know the, uh, the US national animals. And you can teach us all. Uh, let, me, let me think about it. Come on. Bear nope. and wolf. Nope. Uh, they should revoke your green card. Uh, it is, of course, Lloyd, the bald eagle, the ultimate symbol of freedom. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, so that's like the bald eagle. Yeah, America. Fuck yeah. And also the bison. <laughs> Just the lowly bison. <laughs> there's a there's a bison, um, taxidermied bison in Boston in like a... Just in Boston, it's, hanging around. It's not even in a museum. It's it's like an, just an old building, and it, you know sometimes like old town centers just have some history. They have a bison, weird, and they are fucking huge. It's yeah. difficult to comprehend how big they are until you stand next to one. It's a big yeah. boy. Huge. I guess they're like important because they were they were part of the frontier. People survived on them. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they nearly killed all of them. Yeah, I just enjoyed the fact that it, in this list I was reading, it had like the animal, and then it had the scientific name you know like the two words oh, in latin yeah, yeah, like yeah. genre genus and family or whatever uh for bison it is merely bison bison that is the scientific name <laughs> so good pretty good uh, i so have a, actually before you move on i have a good a scientific name of animal fact hit me i don't know it from heart but the loch ness monster has a scientific name yeah mythical. and it is it is like a latin name but oh. it, the guy that that um it's not. It's not a Latin. It sounds Latin, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it's an anagram of the. Say the scientist's name is John Smith. The anagram uh-huh. is John Smith made up the Loch Ness monster or something like that. And it's <laughs> yes. just an anagram of that to sound Latin. It's hilarious. Pretty smart. But it's the official scientific name. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, so you didn't know the U.S. I assume you know the Welsh national animal. I wouldn't have a fucking clue. I'm going to guess badger or sheep. We don't have that many animals. <laughs> So deeply unpatriotic of you on all accounts. It is, of course, the red kite. Uh, The English lion, of course. Uh, And then on the passport, they also have the Scottish unicorn. Yeah. So good. Which, to be fair to the Scots, is as common in Scotland as the lion is in England. (laughs) Yeah, fair call. Fair call. And in this list, it had a scientific name. And for the unicorn, it just said mythical. I was like, well, are we sure about that? So I was um, at, in, um, at an English castle listening to a talk from a fella, and he was talking about <laughs> a how a Scottish clan, the wolf was their symbol. Uh-huh. And I was like, there's no wolves in England or Scotland. And I asked him afterwards, and apparently in England and Scotland, there used to be a thriving wolf and bear population. Bears? Um yeah, that, and I I had no idea. I even thought to myself I was, in the last, my my life, being like, all these fantasy shows that are based on, like, ancient Britain always yeah. have wolves, but there's no wolves in Britain. Yeah. But it was, like, a few hundred years ago they went extinct, and they're thinking oh. about reintroducing them to, like, help with the uh, ecosystem. Oh, interesting. Turkey's national animals? It kind of felt like some corrupt national minister was just picking his favorite animals, and he was like, Is it yeah. a turkey? No, we'll have the gray wolf in Turkey. Uh, and we're also just going to have a national dog and a cat. And it's just like, it's the Kangal Shepherd, which is a cool looking dog, but it's just a dog. And the Angora Cat, which is just a house cat. It's like, here are our mm. pets. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What's well, Turkey like geographically? Like, could do they have mountains that could have wolves in them? Like, I assume they must have wolves somewhere. Yeah, they do. I think yeah. they do have some mountainous areas. Yeah. Uh, Norway's national animal is also like... It's probably like I reckon fifty percent squirrel. Fifty <laughs> percent of uh, of countries have a lion. It's just like a power move. Yeah. Like, oh, our national animal is, yeah. is the lion that we we don't have any of, but it's, it's powerful. Kings, etc. Because yeah. we're uh, we're like lions, so yeah. They have the lion, and then they have some like small white throated dipper, but just like some little bird, and the f- mm. fajord horse 
Just like the, the national horse. <laughs> Is it different to other horses? Uh, yeah, that lives in the Fajords. It swims. It lives in the Fajords. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fish horse, a mer, mer horse. <laughs> mer uh, horse. No, I think it's just like they're, they're like wild horses called. Right. Because they have fjords. It's a good animal. I, uh, better than a lion, I think. If you don't have lions, then don't claim lions. A horse is a, is a, is a fine animal. Make that f- your animal. Yeah, I guess so. North Korea, yeah. uh, their national animal is the cholima or, or quinlima. It's, a, it's, it's got multiple pronunciations and writings. And it's like, again, they've been like, what's the coolest animal you can think of? Uh, Pegasus. It's basically a Pegasus. Mm-hmm. It's a mythical yeah. Pegasus. And it's, they stole it from Chinese culture. It's like Chinese myth. Which seems like That's genius. an awesome one. That's pretty good. It's like unicorns, pegasuses, and we've got like pests and some <laughs> big, big dumb bird. Uh, and we'll finish off with Oman. My, my place of birth has the Arabian onyx, which sounds cool and also looks it's like a majestic deer with the like the really long spiky horns. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, pretty. Like if you're going to choose like a... A, a, like a deer or you know a classic like pack animal the arabian onyx is a pretty cool one to choose good name too yeah onyx Whoa, it's like a pokemon and azerbaijan just has a horse as well their national animal is just a horse you know what i appreciate that there's no there's no it's not a fucking fjord horse or a lion pegasus it's just horse good plain old horse and that's a a plain old horsey time time to wrap up episode 10 i think what do you reckon I think so. Not just episode 10, but wrapping up season two of life. the Unintelligent Chat Show. Yeah. <laughs> this it. is it. All right, We're out. Uh, that was great. Learned so many things. Indeed. Thank you, Norway. Happy Independence. Happy from- what's not Independence Day. They were actually signed their constitution before they became an independent country. <laughs> That's power move. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right? I th- there was some weird like Scandinavian, like Sweden and Norway were kind of a joint uh, yeah, kingdom, and they signed their constitution in 1814, and then Norway became an independent country in like 1905. I love the idea of being like, "Look, we we recognize your authority, but we're gonna do this." Yeah, this is our list of stuff we're gonna do. <laughs> Here's our list. Uh, that is the end of season two. Uh, we, we may have a maybe a few weeks until season three kicks off potentially. Uh, we've got a few little things to, to get done in between and then we'll launch into it. But we will be back. Fear not. Yep. We- and we're going to be doing some some cool new segments. Um, and when Lloyd says new segments, improving. it's not old segments that we're calling new segments. Genuine new <laughs> segments. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, this video, if you're listening to the audio, is on YouTube. Please check it out. Hit hit the subscribe button. Uh, like, subscribe. You can find us... <laughs> Like, comment, subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search Unintelligent. I don't know why I list out the handles every time. You can just search the Unintelligent Chat Show. Yeah, although sometimes you have to search with the little dishy dash. It's got to be un yeah, dash we're not, we're not popular enough yet for it to pop up straight yeah. away. But yeah, uh, check us out. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Thanks, I guess. Make sure to, make sure to celebrate Norway. Thanks for listening to season two of the Unintelligent Chat Show with Rob and Lloyd. Uh, And yeah, keep an eye out for, there'll be activity on the socials. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back with fresh, new, exciting content in a few weeks' time. I'm not going to do that. What are you doing? Are you done? (laughs) I'm looking up what goodbye is in Norwegian. (laughs) Okay, good. I mean, I already knew what it was. I just had to remember. Isn't it like, hey, door? That's in Swedish. Hardet. Yeah, close enough. Hardet, yo. Hardet, everyone. (laughs) Cheerio. Yeah, cheerio. That's the one.